Blog Talk Radio.
different dynamics that are associated with our lives, our walk, where we are, our jobs. Um, you know, maybe our rent has been doubled or maybe something even more horrible has happened to us or a member of our family. Uh, Father, we definitely seem to be, uh, you know, living in a time right now where uh, it's very difficult to understand, um, uh, you know, what, um, uh, you know, you know, where are we to go? Uh, you know, are we to move? Are we to, you know, it, it's, it's almost like Sister Bonnie's um, uh, prophetic word from Bond's blog is actually coming true uh, before our very eyes. And um, and we just praise you, Father. We're going to continue to trust you. We're going to believe uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, in the words of Mark 11:23, and the various promises that we have all over um, uh, that, um, uh, you know, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe the, the communications that are flying into the Golden JIB studios right now. It is absolutely out of control. Um, I will definitely give you both a DML. I don't know what DML means. Uh, but anyway, in the craziness of the things that are going on in the world, Father, we just pray that you will continue to anoint us. When we make mistakes, please forgive us. Please remember, Father, that we are from dust. Please remember that we fear greatly hellfire, and we don't want to be cast into hell. We can't pluck our eyes out. We have to believe that that was a metaphor. Um, we can't, you know, there are things, whatever it is that we need to do to make us, to, for you to make us stronger. We bind in the name of Jesus Christ and break all strongholds that may have a grip on us, whatever they may be. We take them, we break them, and Father, that there are practices, if there are things that we have in our lives, if there are movies that we watch and that we shouldn't be watching, if there are behaviors that we have in our lives that are uh, making us weaker than we ought to be for the days that we're in right now, or, that, or whatever it is, whatever, whatever thoughts, behaviors, feelings that we might have that are a part of our emotional makeup, whatever it is, Father, that might cause us to be somewhat deviated and not harmonious with your glorious plan for our walk in the future, Father, and, and to be in alignment with your holy will, Lord Jesus, and having our eyes utterly focused on you, that we would be able to walk on that water, and that even the, the two to five foot seas that maybe we, we might have to go through will not allow us to lose sight with, uh, with that lock that we want to have in your eyes. We want to be in a lockstep with your will, Father, but of course, in the days that we're in right now, it's very difficult, if not almost impossible in some cases, to be able to, to hear your voice clearly um, because of just the, the uh, explosion of communications that are occurring right now as we find ourselves being, you know, I'm shocked, I'm blown away, I'm stupefied that we jettison, that, that, that the world, the worldwide, the whole world has been jettisoned so rapidly into what appears to be, uh, you know, the, the in, um, wow, for lack of a better term, we'll just say that the third seal, uh, you know, scroll has begun to roll out a little bit more quickly than we had, had anticipated. Um, Father, we see, you know, elements, maybe not as many. I certainly admit that I, I am not seeing as much pestilence and famine uh, and uh, persecution of the Christians in the United States of Babylon the Great as I would have expected to see uh, for this time. Um, that may be indicative of us not being quite as far along to the third seal as it feels like we are, uh, but at the same time we also recognize that these things could jettison forward a lot faster, uh, just like was what was prophesied 
uh, in the Bonds blog prophecy from 2013, which again seems to be reading like a newspaper now more than ever before. Father, we just pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus for your divine protection upon us, that you will fill us with your love, that, that you will chasten us in, a, in whatever way is necessary. Anything that needs to happen, if you know, even if our houses need to burn down and everybody survives, whatever the case is, whatever it is that we have in our lives and shouldn't be there, the things that I've prayed for you and begged you to take out of my life, uh, that you've decided whatever needs to be a thorn in my flesh, I suppose. I don't understand it, but I'm going to stand on the, on the promises of your scripture. I'm going to continue to praise you for the things that I don't want in my life that are a part of my life that I can't seem to shake. And uh, and uh, you know, and I'm going to ask you, Father, forever and ever until the very day that I stand before the Lord Jesus, I'm going to continue to beseech you, Lord. And I pray that everybody else is listening to this program continues to beseech you and stands on the promises of your scripture and praises you for answering the prayers that we've met. Many of us have been praying in some cases for years and years uh, for the dynamics in our lives to change in a way that we would not be tripped up by emotional swings, you know, depression, uh, different, you know, uh, challenges that we have, emotion again, emotionally dealing with the stuff that we see happening in our lives and our workplaces, the pressures that are coming upon us. It, it, sometimes it, for many of us, it, you know, I, I don't understand, and, and you know, I wish I could. I wish I could relate to those who maybe are living in a very rural place. They're very disconnected, you know, maybe, maybe like the God bless them, the homage. Uh, maybe they have the secret formula for, for, for you know, uh, you know, Jesus' success. Uh, you know, disconnecting from the world, getting rid of all the electronics, and just spending time in your presence and reading the scripture. And you know, Father, I, 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 you know, we just don't. All we, all we can say is we praise you for helping us to understand your scripture. We praise you for Isaiah forty thirty one. We praise you for helping us to understand that we are to ask, you know, what we are to ask for, that we are supposed to pray without ceasing. We are supposed to be praising you forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. And we want to be able to walk in the works that you have written in our books before there was time. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs uh, uh, 139, verse 16, Ephesians 2.10. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that we will fulfill those things which you have uh, uh, established for us to walk in uh, and that you will strengthen us if there is a stronghold, if there is a problem, if there is, uh, you know, again, if we, if, 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 you know, we have personality attributes that need to be addressed or behaviors, whatever. And we just pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you will chasten us, you will strengthen us, you will get us to where we need to be uh, as fast as it is possible for us to arrive at that place, that, that our sanctification will be accelerated. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you will give us more time, more strength to be able to spend time on our knees to lift you up and glorify your holy name and to also be praying for our fellow brothers and sisters as we enter into the darker days that are ahead and clearly do not be appear to be hindered by heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power. And then we just pray, and, and, and because of that, Father, not seeing that hindrance, not seeing things slowing down, we just give you all the praise. We do not ask you to change these things. We are not praying to be spared of any of these things. We simply pray, Father, your will be done. And Lord Jesus, and now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling, please, we pray now, Lord Jesus, it says in the book of Jude, in that prayer, Lord, that you are able to keep us from stumbling. We pray in Jesus' name, whatever the weaknesses are in our makeup, whatever whatever they are, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, in accordance with your promises of the word. And Father Matthew 19, 26 makes it very clear that with you, all things are possible. And we, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen us in the areas that we need to be strengthening. We break all strongholds. We we break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness. We declare the holy fire of God to purge us clean. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our hearts, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh. Blot out all of our transgressions. 
Blot out all of our iniquity. Blot out all of our sin. Our sin is always before us, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Father, we praise your holy name, and we thank you for knowing who we are, knowing what our destiny was in you, and helping us to, to, to continue that walk as things become more and more and more and more and more and more difficult for us to be able to deal with emotionally. Father, not all of us are, are retired. Not all of us can switch the things off in the world. We have to participate in, the, in, in these dynamics. We don't have a choice, or otherwise we would would render ourselves homeless, and we certainly wouldn't be able to serve you in the capacity that we are trying to right now. We thank you for this program. We thank you for the electronics that allows it. We praise you, Father God, for those who are helping this program because, you know, the, the amount of people that are able to or are, or are helping is diminishing rapidly uh, and uh, because of, of world dynamics that cannot, it seems like we don't have any control over them, but we continue to pray. And, Father, we will continue to pray. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every single listener of this program will just make mention of me by name. I honestly believe with all of my heart that I would I'd be dead by now, and I'll give a testimony on that in just a moment. Father, we just praise your holy name. We thank you for touching each and every one of us. I ask you for a tenfold anointing to fall and blessings of protection to fall upon every single person who even thinks just for a moment to mention me by name uh, and, 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 and uh, pray for the divine protection of my job because without these things, uh, I, well, and without your divine protection, Father, I would be I would be gone. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, I know it's beyond any shadow of a doubt. And I, and I thank you, Father. I thank you for your mercy. does endure forever. I am so, so sorry for the times that I dork up. I, I hope that everybody else is so, so sorry for the times that they dork up as well. Let us all have godly sorrow. Let us all work very, very hard to get ourselves exactly where we need to be, to be in alignment, perfect harmony with your will for our lives so that we can rise up as that light that you need to rise up amidst the darkness and save many, many souls, bringing them, if not as part of the bride of Jesus Christ, to the wedding supper, at least as guests. We praise your holy name and we thank you, Lord. And Jesus, we also ask you, please keep us from stumbling, strengthen our walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right. Praise God. We have another breakdown, uh, just like we had the other day. Um, and I don't really know how to deal with it, quite frankly, except to dial in and do the whole program off of the um, off of the uh, um, off of my cellular phone because the reports that I'm getting is that, as a matter of fact, um, yeah, this is just so awfully terribly un unfortunate. Yes, it, indeed, it is. Praise God. All right. So what I'm going to do. Uh, this is a super duper duper duper. I don't think I can put enough dupers in there to, in, you know, to, uh, you know, adequately amplify the difficulties that this causes me to have to endure. Um, I, I don't really know why, but anyway, I'm, what, I, what I guess I'm going to end up having to do because of the forces of darkness, but I know it's happening. As a matter of fact, hold on. I'm, I'm, it says, no, wait a minute. Um, all sounds okay, John. Hollow and a little static now. Okay, so people are trying to help me, but I, I think I know what's going on. Hold on a second. Now, I'm going to move my mouth very close to another microphone that's in this room, and I think it's going to get very, it's going to get much clearer. Hold on just a second, Vera. You can tell me. Hold on. Here we go. Testing. I'm going to go on, on, on five, four, three, two. One. Am I louder now, right now, as I'm talking into the mic right now? If that be the case, uh, then, um, you know, uh, it, it looks like I'm going to have to call into the show. Uh, it looks like I'm going to have to call into the show because, again, the um, it does say, you know, J Brother Justin just said, hey, you are live. Unfortunately, okay, so, uh, okay, so Sister Vera said I was louder. So what that means is, for some reason, the default communications device has moved over to this one. So I'm going to have to go over here and say set as default communications device. I don't know if it'll take it. Um, no, it's not. Okay. Oh, ooh, it completely disappeared as even an option. Wow. Now that's about as weird as it gets. So it's not going to let me put line MXU, MGXU as, you know, nope, I'm going to be forced. Looks like I'm going to be forced to, um, yeah, I'm going to be forced to call in again. Ah, doggone it. Ah, doggone it. Okay. Uh, that's all right. I don't mind back trouble. You know, it's be 60 in a couple of weeks and 11 years of doing this program, 4,000 shows, and it's like, oh, gosh, this never happens. All right. Hold on a second. I'm going to try to call in. There's no point in even using my mic or my headset because none of it's working. Uh <clears throat> I can yell over to the microphone that I know happens to be working, and I could reboot, but I wouldn't be able to get the – we would lose the radio show, folks, because the way Blog Talk Radio works is uh, you, can't, you can't disconnect when you're the host. Um, you just can't. It doesn't let you. And when you do disconnect as the host, which, of course, I don't have a co-host or any of that because that just gets you into trouble because it's faint and it'll cause problems. So hold on just a second. I'm going to have to dial into the radio show like I did the last time and do the whole radio show without sound effects. But once again, um, and I don't know why it's happening, but it's happening very consistently. Now, the last time it happened, it turned out to be a blog talk radio problem. It may be another blog talk radio problem. I do not know. Um, but anyway, I'm dialing in right now to my phone. All right. And... Okay, so it's doing Welcome it. to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. You are now in the host queue. All right. Okay, so now, 
I am talking once again on my cell phone, and I'm unable to use any of these sound effects, so we are right back to where we were the last time this happened. Um, hold on just a second. I've got to make one more change. All right, hold on. There we go, because there's really no point in me. Okay. So anyway, the uh, we're back to where we were. That also probably indicates if the same technical problem that occurred uh, the other day, uh, it was a combination, unfortunately, of multiple technical problems. Now, is it is it are we under some sort of a cyber attack? I don't know. Okay. Or uh, or you know, I just I don't I just don't know. There's no way to know. There's so many awful things happening across the world. There's so much censorship that is taking place. There are so many electronic – literally every day I'm imagining, you know, and I don't I, I don't want to imagine this because I, I think it kind of like it interferes with, you know, the process of faith uh, and belief in the prayers of the saints and such like that that are desperately needed for this program to continue. I can assure you that. Um, but uh, on the flip side of that, we are seeing um, – this reminds me of a time back in oh, – I think it was around 2012 – Excuse me, I had to take additional blood pressure medication. But anyway, which, of course, makes me um, very, very thirsty. But anyway, so uh, praise God, uh, you know, praise God in all things. Uh, You know, the bottom line is that um, I find it very troubling. Uh, I I don't know what the right word is to use, but indeed, very, very troubling that um, in, in such a short span of time, um, you know, so if you think about it, uh, I believe the the Friday night prayer vigil worked, but I don't even know if it did or not. Um, as a matter of fact, if I, you know, I could, I don't want to lose all of our time, so I guess I'll have to do some more troubleshooting another time. Uh, but uh, let's see here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can take a look. Um, so the prayer vigil did go up online, so that's a good sign. Um, but on the flip side of that, I don't know why we lost uh, all the normal connectivity, uh, and I dare not disconnect the show because, like I said before, if I do dis- disconnect the show and try to dial back into it again, uh, it-, it will kill the program. There will be no program tonight. Praise God. So anyway, um, that's just kind of how Blog Talk Radio works. And uh, again, to reiterate or to, to restate it uh, so you're aware uh, we have had times where, you know, difficult times that we have gone through in the past. So I don't want to, you know, raise a red flag and say, oh, my, we're being attacked by the devil. Oh, my, this is a big, giant cyber attack coming from Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I certainly understand the Global Santana Crime Syndicate and, and how the tentacles of the evil are, are – they are everywhere. I mean, I – it's very, very difficult for me to talk. I, I just had a conversation with that guy, uh, Andy, I mentioned before that might be you know, hooking me up with another job. Well, that fell through. Uh, but I was also praying in Jesus' name that, Father, if this is something that you don't, or, you know, isn't going to be good for me in the program, whatever you do, Father, please, you know, take it away. Make it very, very clear to me, you know, very, 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 very clear to me. Because my inclination, of course, you know, when things get really, really tough is like, well, hey, if God opens up a door, maybe I should go through the door. But that's not always the case. And so um, just tonight I got a contact from him, and evidently their corporation is changing in a a most astonishing manner. 
Uh, and so was the job offer and the nature of the job, which, by the way, would include even potentially international travel to places like Singapore and India and stuff like that. And you know what? I've already seen a lot of the world. I've already done all that kind of stuff, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to do pre-sales. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So I told him right away, I said, just go ahead and pull my hat out of the ring. So that was my official Jesus-sponsored uh, stay right where you are. Now, on the flip side of that, of course, um, you know, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means a lot, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to still have a job tomorrow. It doesn't mean I'm going to still have a job Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The things that are happening across the globe right now are so unbelievable there, I mean, rents are being jacked up through the roof. Never mind the millions of people that were given rent relief, you know, during the pandemic that had the rent relief, of course, strategically, satanically, had no provisions in it to provide financial uh, help for those who took advantage of the rent forgiveness of the mortgage forgiveness. So what that means is, of course, naturally, they're going to take the rent forgiveness. They're going to take the mortgage forgiveness, but if the evil shape-shifting reptilian entities that are running this country don't put financial provisions in there to help those people when they no longer provide rent protection and, you know, uh, mortgage protection, then at the end, when they lift that protection from them, they will lose their house, they will be thrown into the street. And that's exactly what did happen. It was purely a satanic move, and there's no doubt about it. So even though we're not hearing about it, we're, all we're hearing about is Ukraine, 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 which I think is uh, there's an awful lot. These entities, this global satanic crime syndicate, I'm just letting you know, because you know, there, there are going to be some programs. There, there are going to be maybe more than one slot per month that uh, we are unable to fill with guests. Um, I'm getting communications from Sister Nancy that she is finding it, well, for lack of a better term, pretty much impossible to find a guest that can come on the program. Um, and that's a sign of the times. Uh, a lot of people who write books about things like Nephilim and UFOs and, bi and you know, end times Bible stuff, well, when they see the things that are happening in the world happening as they are right now, their flesh takes over. I can't allow that to happen. See, I, I can't. I know that my life is in danger. I know that my job is in danger. As a matter of fact, just to give you an idea, you may not believe it, and that's okay. You, you, we're all humans, you know, and hopefully we're all in Christ. Amen. Praise God. And there are 33,000 different plus denominations across the world. I got word from my friend. Uh, I will just say that her first name starts with a T. She does not want to be known. But she is from Odessa, Ukraine. She has family over there, goes over there every year for a long period of time, long time, lot, much more time than I could ever get on board. And, um, and uh, anyway, long story short, I also have other people that I know at my workplace, one, one man in particular who has friends and family, et cetera, in Russia and in Ukraine. And I'm getting firsthand live information from those locations. So when you're seeing news reports, that are saying this is happening, that is happening, that is happening, this is happening, blah, 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 Russia, 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 Putin, Putin, Putin. I'm getting reports that it's nothing of the sort, that it's quite different than what we're being told, and it makes total sense. Now, to, talk, to help you to understand how weird and supernatural my life is, 
I'm not, I can't give testimony in regard to the last four or five years of my life. I have been going through some hard times. I'm going to, like, when I say hard times, I'm not talk, I'm talking about emotional control, self-control, because I get very upset. Um, I've mentioned it before. I'm an empath of, of a sort. I can feel other people's feelings. Um, my first wife from many, many years ago, the mother of my daughter, who's 32 years old right now, she was very much overweight. And we would go shopping at the store, and people would make snide. They'd roll their eyes and make little snide faces when they would see how overweight she was. And I could literally feel, I could feel the evil, and I could feel the hurt, the deep hurt inside my wife. And I would cry. So I, unfortunately, that affects me when I see pain, when I feel pain, when I hear, I, I, I can even feel it through text messages. I can feel it in emails. I, it, it really, really takes an amazing emotional toll. I am like a giant sponge of empathy, and I absorb, and unfortunately, I also respond to that empathy. And so when other people are hurting, I am hurting very, very bad for them. And that, by the way, is magnified across the whole wide world. So when, like if I spend too much time in any of these things and I don't take some time off and disconnect, but see that that's also a double-edged sword too because my subconscious I can't really completely this, just simply not humanly possible. And that, of course, makes things very, very difficult for me because there's no escape. It's like, it's like being strapped down to a chair, kind of like in the first series of Star Trek. I don't remember the one. But there was this one really popular Star Trek episode back in the 60s and 70s, whatever, the first, you know, the first season of Star Trek or the first, you know, with Captain Kirk and all that. And he was strapped down to this chair, and they were trying to, I don't know, get something out of him or whatever. And there was this, like, orange light that would was up on the wall, and it would go, and he would, like, snap back in his chair and go, I don't know if you saw it or not. And if you didn't, if you're too young for that, that's okay, praise God. But I'm just saying that that's kind of almost like how my life is sometimes because I want to disconnect, but I can't actually disconnect because – I have people text messaging me. Right now I'm under attack from females. You know, I've been by myself for 11 years. It's, you know, I don't care what anybody says. God did not create men and women identical. It is exceedingly challenging to be, even Paul, Paul said to the church, Paul said to the church, he said, because of sexual immorality, I want you to all take virgins, you know, go ahead and get married. You know, even though he told them, he said, you know, I recommend that whatever state that you were found in, you know, so you imagine, you know, what it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's very, very, very challenging, but, you know, my, you know, is, you know, all the things that I have to deal with in my life, the emotionalism, the, 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 all of, you know, the, the people I've, I'm under attack from females that are, I don't know how they're finding me. I don't know how they're finding me. Um, I signed up for Telegram uh, the other day because I wanted to try to bypass all the censorship and get some insider information. Well, immediately, the second that I signed up on Telegram, I got people, like, calling my phone and sending me text messages. I had not one but two in the last less than 24 hours. I've had two females that are coming after me over, you know, Google Hangouts and stuff, which I use 
uh, you know, to communicate with people that are helping me with ministry. Um, uh, Sister Nancy, she's under heavy attack right now, unbelievably heavy attack, and her, which is greatly, 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 greatly limiting her ability to help me with guests. And she's throwing up a red flag and, you know, saying, Jesus, help me kind of thing. And so um, there's no doubt in my mind, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that this ministry is under unbelievably heavy, heavy attack. It's a miracle that uh, we are able to do it at all. Uh, it's a miracle that someone somewhere didn't, you know, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that the stuff that is at, at, at uh, tribulation-now.org is allowed to be there. Uh, I, I, every day I go to sign in to the website, or if I even do take a look at the website, I'm, I'm just totally blown away that it's still there, uh, considering all of the information that is on it. Um, this is information that, I mean, I, I've got stuff up there. I don't even wait for the sensors to take it down. I download it myself. I upload it to the server, and it's there. Okay, and it's a miracle that it's there. It really is a miracle that it's there. Um, I gotta have water. Sorry, I'm really. Mm. Ah, thank you, Jesus. I love you. Thank you for water. All right, power outage. Very, very long power outage. I was thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me. Is this already the Klaus Schwab deal? Thank God it wasn't. Um, yeah, but this happened to me. So my credit card, my debit card, no less, gets attacked, and um, now I, I've got no way. To do stuff. That's how Blog Talk Radio gets paid for. That's how you know all aspects, almost every aspect of my life, all that kind of stuff. So it shut me down. Now I could have gone over to another credit card, but unfortunately they don't have nearly as good as fraud protection. And anyway, long story short, I'm cut off. So I had to. I didn't find out until after the radio show Friday night after the prayer vigil. And of course that was bad because since I was doing the prayer vigil when the fraud took place. That meant that they got a lot more money than they should have been able to get. So then I had to show up at the bank, which is in a very dangerous part of Tampa Bay. So uh, there's this part of West Waters Avenue, for anybody who's ever been to Tampa, Florida, which, of course, this part you wouldn't really want to go to anyway. But anyway, long story short, I had to be inside the lobby. Okay, there's no other way to handle the fraud. They won't do it any other way. So I went over it and I was first in line praise Jesus and I went inside and of course being the good you know banking solutions organization with it right away and gave me a new card and I've had this happen to me before so I had a procedure written in order to fix everything and, and everything seemed to go well but here's what happened just give you an idea of how important your prayers are for me and I do pray for you I pray for you fervently I promise you that more than you could ever imagine excuse me ever imagine now have you ever – are you – has anybody out there – and I, I don't have sound effects and I can't amplify this. I can't ask the kids, you know, and all that kind of stuff because we're, we're working under a handicapped electronic situation right now. However, have you ever – and this is a rhetorical question because I assume that you probably have – been on a road which was two lanes on one side, two lanes on the other side, but the, but the median was very teeny-weeny, but, and the cars are moving so incredibly fast. They're all driving 10 to 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. They shouldn't be, but they are. And so the only way you can get across to make a left is you have to somehow, like, try as hard as you can to get your car, like, sort of like in the medium. That there, but there isn't really a median, not really. And so your car is kind of in danger, right? 
Well, I, I looked and I looked and I studied and I studied and I looked and I looked and I looked and I saw an opening and I pulled out into the middle and somebody decides to go 20 miles over the speed, at least 20 miles over the speed. And they had to be going about 60. It's like a 35, 40 mile an hour zone. And they had changed lanes at the last minute and moved into my lane, which I was trying to pull into so that I wouldn't be a sitting duck in the middle of this no median area. I do not know how this happened. I do not know if my car was maybe momentarily turned into some sort of a spirit car, but the car that should have hit me, it almost like, it's like it went through me. I I don't know how to explain it. And my eyes got so big and I, I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I just like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, because there is no way that car should not have killed me. Okay, there's no way, let alone that it missed me altogether. I mean, it, 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 something supernatural happened, something absolutely beyond any shadow of a doubt. Supernatural happened Saturday morning when I pulled out of the credit union. And I can't explain it. I was there. I experienced it. I saw it. I saw the car, which was obviously too close to me to miss me, go right past me. And I'm like, oh, my God, Lord Jesus. And I was just flipping out all the way home, praising God, praising God, praising God, praising God, and that whole thing. Praise Jesus. It was unbelievable. I don't know how it happened, but I honestly believe with all of my heart, somehow that car drove through my car. That's what I believe. Now, that's what I'm just going to stick to my story. That's what I believe. Now, I talked to this guy, Andy, about the job. Anything can happen. But get this. He's not even a believer, but I think I'm going to get him to be a believer because uh, he was very attentive to what I was telling him. I asked him what he thought about the global situation. Do you know what he said? This is a guy, this is a guy that is not a conspiracy theorist. This is a guy who, you know, he's just not. Now, if he's starting to become a believer, praise God, I've been praying for him for years. But he can't, the first thing out of his mouth was they are trying to collapse the petrodollar. That's what he said. They are trying to collapse the petrodollar. Now, for him to say that is so jaw-dropping because this is the type of person that I've known. I've known him since like 1997. And if I told you the whole story, you wouldn't believe it anyways. I'm actually in a book. There's a book. There's a picture of me from many years ago in a book called – I think it's called uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, The Untold Story. And there's actually a, a picture, you know, a little section where he talks about him and I when we were working together. And I don't look anything like that anymore because I was quite young back then. But, but anyway, um, for him to say that they, they, without, you know, enumerating that pronoun, um, are trying to collapse the petrodollar, and then it opened up an opportunity for me to tell him, well, you know, I'm a Christian, Andy, and I've been following this stuff and this, that, and the other thing. And he was very quiet. He was listening like never before. Also, I think he's been diagnosed with something bad, 
which, by the way, is one of the ways that our Heavenly Father will bring someone to him. Water again. 16 minutes out before we bring on Brother Gary. How am I going to get all this done? Praise God. Uh, Sorry for the electronic thing. I guess what I'm going to have to do is an act of due diligence and extra care because of the uh, noteworthy. I mean, this is pretty noteworthy. The last time we had this many problems with um, blog talk radio and connectivity to the radio program, um, it was uh, 2012, I think, 2013. Um, And so uh, anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and run with the ball and share with you. Um, the headlines over the next 15 minutes and talk with you a little bit about some of the insider information that I have. Praise God. I also want to raise alert or raise to your awareness uh, that I've been throwing things. Sometimes it's just a YouTube video. Sometimes it's just a picture of a prophecy that I've highlighted. Sometimes it's a statement from a foreign official like China or in the case of the uh, article that I wrote, uh, which has the uh, you know, it says, you know, it's real easy to find it. It says Kremlin, Russia launched, uh, Russia launched operation with aim of clearing Ukraine Nazis. That's a very, very big article. And if you took the time to listen to the Klaus Schwab interview, uh, several of the um, uh, videos that I uploaded to the server to protect them from being taken down by the forces of darkness. I mean, once, once tribulation now goes down, well, it's, it's down. I mean, once it's blocked, it's blocked. Now, whether or not my website hosting company would be willing to work with me to get a backup of the server after, you know, let's say they, you know, forces of darkness to decide they're going to take it down for some reason. But we know the reason, right? So if that were to happen, whether or not I would be able to get assistance to recover it or not and set it up as my own server, I don't know. You know, I don't know how long. I don't know if... I mean, I could have been killed in that car accident. The Lord could have just said, hey, I'm going to Isaiah 57 one him. He's, he's dorking up too much. He's too emotional. He's not going to do he, you know, what, what I wanted him to do properly or whatever the case is and say, hey, I'm going to take John home. You know? So that could have been the death of me. Uh, that's what I would call Isaiah 57 one. But I think I have more work to do. Uh, that's why I guess you know, the miracle of my life continues to be the miracle of my life. And all I can do is testify to it. I can't prove it. I can tell you what happened. I can tell you uh, about 60 years of impossibilities that have occurred, that have happened to me all, all throughout my life. Uh, so many miracles that I can't even put them all into words. I mean, even, even the two-plus-hour interviews that I've done with my own testimony, which I have posted on the website, they don't even include the last five years, which were unbelievable. I mean, beyond unbelievable. Um, we're talking about, like, Amityville horror, like, satanic, which coven attack type unbelievable stuff. Um, thrown down the stairs, head smashing in the wall, blood dripping down, police cars everywhere. Just, and then nothing bad ever happens to me. Nothing bad. Because it's like the Lord is like got angels and he's like, they're right there. It's, it's very, it's chilling. It's amazing. It's astonishing to have it happen. But it's just, it's my testimony. And all I can do is just share my testimony and try not to cry while I'm telling you. So I can keep talking. All right, praise God. Now, I'd love to be able to do some sound effects. I'd love to be able to do some kids' jokes. I'd love to be able to do all the things that I like to do with the big investment that I have in all the electronic technologies that are here. But um, on the flip side of that, unfortunately, what I'm going to have to do, it looks like, and what is it with Sundays? But anyway, um, I I, I guess what I'm going to have to do is just do a complete – 
you know, one of the things that did happen when that power outage occurred, it could have led to something, who knows, but I'm, I need to like cycle everything and do some additional sound checks and things like that, because if this is associated with an attack, and folks, just let me, let me before I go into the news, and oh my gosh, I'm running out of time. We used to have, in, in days gone by, we used to have more people helping the ministry. And, of course, you know, Satan's very good at what he does. And um, long story short, uh, we were under an unbelievable attack at times. So I would not be surprised, even in the slightest, that this ministry is under direct attack, direct attack, and that it's in near real time or real time. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, that being said, um, I always try to be a little bit level-headed because I've had so many, like, you know, astonishing, mind-blowing things happen to me, like that spirit car thing. Uh, I, I, I just become speechless, and I don't even know what to say. And I don't deserve it. I'm, I'm not perfect. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Lord has mercy on me because he, I'm so vociferous about the fact that I'm so utterly imperfect. I don't know. Anyway, praise his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, break all of our strongholds. Oh, Father, 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 please, in the name of Jesus, let us finish the things that you wrote about us. Hallelujah. And on that note, without any sound effects, the best – actually, you know what? I wonder, um, just for the fun of it, um, I wonder if I can control F. um, What is it called? Breaking news? B-R-E-A-K. I can, oh, that, that's the letter L. I need a little bit more light in the room. Here, there we go. And B-R-E-A-K. And, oh, yeah, this reminds me of the olden days. Oh, there it is. Here we go. See if this works. Hey, guys, thank you, Jesus. So I do have a few sound effects that I can use. Here, hey, here's a buzzer. I think I can use a buzzer. Oh, yeah, okay, we got the buzzer. Sound effects, boom, boom, boom. Here, we got that one. Um, um. And a lot of people we normally be bringing on the show. No, I can't play that one. That's a That's a violation of copyright. I don't want to go back to that place. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, we'll move into the news right now. All right, so right, just a, literally like a day after the last. And I'm not talking about the prayer vigil, but I'm talking about like the day after the Wednesday show. I think it was would have been Thursday or whatnot. Out comes a report from China. Um, now I have all these things at tribulation-now.org, and I'm very pleased and praise Jesus that I'm getting more and more and more emails from people I have never heard heard from before which is a mighty blessing, and they are letting me know that they are receiving the updates from the website. I'm using MailChimp or whatever, and it has a limit, you know, before you have to start paying a big old fee and all that. People are getting the notifications of the updates on the website, and they are very, very, very praise Jesus appreciative of it. Um, And I'm doing the best I can to get the information up there as quick as I can. Now, I'm trying to keep it short. The only really long article that I – I know people were time crunched. Or we're, we're getting body slammed by the devil. There's no doubt about it. When God lifts his hands of protection off of Nazi Germany, it doesn't matter how many Christians are in there holding hands and praying. Now, they might get special protection in, you know, where two or three are gathered together. They might get special protection, but they are in a place 
where God has essentially lifted his hand of protection off of that land, which aligns with Ezekiel 22:30, where I'm doing this all from memory, where, you know, the Lord God, you know, I look for, I look for someone to stand in the gap on behalf of the land, but I found no one, right? Okay, so God can lift his protection, you know, off, off, off of a land. He can, he can lift it off of a cotton. He can lift it off of a house. He can lift it off of an individual. You don't want to have that happen. Well, anyway, long story short, it appears that our, our Heavenly Father has lifted his hand of protection off of, a, of pretty much the whole world, and we're kind of like, you know, like living Psalm 91. Praise God. All right, so um, now we have entered into a time where, yes, we should continue to pray for the lost. Absolutely, beyond any shadow of a doubt, keep on doing it no matter what. Never stop, never stop, never stop. All right, but we also have to set aside. We've got to actively set aside time to pray for one another. Never before in the history of this radio show, 4,000 radio shows I'm estimating right now because I had to take a lot of them down because of copyright. I did it, I did it voluntarily because I, I studied copyright law, and I realized that, I was, that a lot of people didn't get it, and I did get it. I realized it wasn't legal, and I could get, you know, I could get in a lot of trouble, and it could, be, you know, all that kind of stuff. You don't want to give the devil, a, you know, an inroad. All right, so I took him, took it down volunteer. So anyway, all that being said, um, I, I think I still have all of the radio shows, but the problem is finding them sometimes. All right, so anyway, praise Jesus. All right, so I want to, I want to share with you that after the last major show, which I believe was this last Wednesday, which would have been the second, the day after, which would have been approximately the third. China came out with a threat, and when it was, it was incredibly – it was uh, – well, I, I'm going to read it to you. Um, I, I could play it for you, but it's in Chinese, and all you'd hear them going, blah, blah, blah. All right, and Ning uh, Hamwa actually means how you doing. I learned like two phrases in Mandarin once because I was working for the Bank of China in New York, but whatever. Anyway, so um, – that's a funny story if I ever, ever get a chance to tell another funny story. But anyway, praise God. Um, uh, this is what he said. He said, what is the true intentions of the U.S. in hyping the destroyer's passage through the Taiwan Strait? If the U.S. wants to embolden the Taiwan independence forces in this way, then we have this to say to the United States. By the way, this was on Twitter. It was a worldwide broadcast coming directly out of uh, communist China. Okay, now you got to understand the magnitude of this. They aren't messing around. This is coming from the top down. Then we have this to say to the U.S. Quote: Such moves will only accelerate the demise of the Taiwan independence forces. The United States will also pay a heavy price for its adventurous act. If the United States tries to intimidate and pressure China in this way, e.g. continue to send ships through the Taiwan Straits, then we have this stern warning. Quote, the so-called military deterrence will be reduced to scrap iron when facing the steely great wall of the 1.4 billion Chinese people. The trick of sending vessels to sail through the Taiwan Strait should be better saved to entertain those obsessed with your hegemony, which means global control desire, okay? Which, by the way, as, the, as Babylon the Great in the Holy Bible, are you kidding me? I mean, it couldn't be any more obvious. All right, next one up. What you need to know about facial recognition at airports. 
So here's a report that suggests that uh, the United States Customs and Border Protection Agency is going to be put biometric facial recognition systems into the airports. The question is, right now it appears to be mostly border control, uh, but if my suspicion is correct, they will get it to the point where not only are they forcing you to wear a mask when COVID is long, already completely a thing of the past, uh, but uh, they will also be, well, you know, they're going to, they're going to do horrible. They're going to do bad. They're going to do as much bad stuff as they can do to the people, uh, you know, because it's the feds and who are the feds. It's Obama. What is he controlling? He's controlling a shape-shifting reptilian. Where is it talked about? It's the Nakash from Dr. Michael Heiser. You know, he wrote a white paper on the Nakash, the shining ones, uh, you know, in, in, in the book of Genesis, but that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You've got the Testament of Reuben, uh, Amaran, you know, it talks, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Dead Sea Scrolls. There's so many books that we have been, our Bible's been pillaged. You know, who in the world would have somebody that comes from the Roman Catholic Church, as demonic as they are, uh, you know, part of the Nicene Council, decide what books of the Bible we're supposed to be getting. And isn't it fascinating that our that the books that still stay, are, are still in our Bible are, is at number 66. I find that most troubling, quite frankly, especially because the Book of Jubilees is actually mentioned literally in our 66 book canon. But, of course, you know, it's still marked as Apocrypha. you got to get a drink. Sorry. Next headline, next headline up. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I got to move real quick because I don't want to hold up Brother Gary, and he's like the world's most patient guy, and I just love him. I love him, and I know that you love, love him coming on the program. Praise God. The next headline is fires and clashes break out in New Zealand. Uh, I, I'm sorry, out at New Zealand Parliament as police move in to clear the protests. So, again, we still have protests. That, that one's a couple of days old. That's probably all cleared up by now. Who knows? Here's another headline. Reptilian race encountered uh, encounter during CIA interdimensional experiments. Okay, and this, this goes on. This is actually the testimony of a fellow by the name of Robert Allen Monroe from 1915 to 1995, who evidently was on the inside of the Central Intelligence Agency and was involved with the what is referred to as the Military Industrial Extraterrestrial Complex, and oh, get this, they are now putting this information on, yes, you guessed it, the History Channel. All right, praise God. Of course, Ancient Aliens is still going strong. Why would you suppose that would be? Well, that's because God sends a strong delusion so that they, the unrighteous, will believe the lie, which is they are our creators. Mystery solved. First, Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians. 11b that is the second half of that verse thank you jesus next headline up russia oh yeah hey that's right i can i can play one of these little um hey where's that boom 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 there we go there you go cool at least a little bit of sound effects next one up russian war against ukraine in world's breadbasket may threaten the global food supply by the way i i did not know this but uh, some of the most fertile, uh, wheat-producing lands in the entire world. You know, the United States has been commandeered. Much of the land of the United States and is already owned by the Chinese, whether you know it or not. It's a fact. Uh, when they do the Red Dawn event and they paratroop into the United States, I hope I'm not here for that, because um, the only thing I can say is thank you and ming uh, moi, um, which is how you doing. Uh, I don't think that'll keep them from doing bad things. So I got to pray, as we all do, that they don't even enter our houses or even see them for that matter. Uh, but anyway, um, it's going to happen eventually. The question is, are we going to be here for it? And I hope in Jesus' name, and I pray for each of you that we aren't. And I pray that you pray for me too, please. 
Please, 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 we must pray for each other to all be on the first watch, the barley harvest. And all. And also, when you're praying for one another, and I do this for you too as well, Father, please forgive them for their sins. Father, if they made any mistakes, if they're out of alignment, Father, forgive them in Jesus' name. We have that power. We are a royal priesthood, and we must be praying those types of prayers for one another because none of us are perfect. We're all having our issues and struggling, and if we think we're perfect, we're in in jeopardy because uh, Jesus used the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and he told, uh, you know, his apostles and the people that were listening that the tax collector who was running his robe and felt very unworthy, okay, uh, was the way that we need to be. We need to have a contrite spirit. We need to be, be, not, not read and not believe in them, but be the beatitude. And I'm here to tell you, in my 11 years of doing radio, very few Christians that I've met in person and had private conversations. There were a few, there were a few, there were a lot that were not at all like they sound on the air. Just very sad. All right, next headline up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's go ahead and play this. All right, now I know that Brother Gary is uh, hanging out on the line. I see him right there on the Skype line, so we're going to bring you live in a second, Brother Gary. I'm going to move very quickly. We had some technical difficulties, and I had to call in with my cellular phone to continue to, to operate the radio show. Uh, Blog Talk Radio has been having some technical difficulties. I'm going to try to take some extensive measures on my end to correct it by doing some system tests. But anyway, hang in there for me, Brother Gary. We're going to jump over to you in just a second. So again, the bread basket of the world, uh, one, one of the major bread, bread baskets of the world is actually, yes, you've guessed it, the Ukraine. Also, for those of you who are World War II buffs like I am, you would um, hopefully have many, 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 many hours of study in the, uh, about World War II. You would understand that when Hitler went after Stalin, and he moved his uh, army machinery across the Ukraine, that the Ukrainian army basically joined Hitler. They became Nazis, okay? And this is only separated by essentially a generation or so. So when, when Putin says he's going after the Nazis, I am here to tell you, he ain't joking. And I want, I want you to know this too. Be advised, all right? When there is any mention of a nuclear plant catching on fire, when there is any mention of the Russians taking control of a nuclear plant, the reason why they are doing that is they are trying to protect the people of the Ukraine. In Mariupol, when the, the ceasefire that was called was called by Putin to open up a corridor of escape because the Nazis in the Nationalist Party, the neo-Nazi Nationalist Party that are a very, 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 very big part of the Ukraine army, are murdering, they are slaughtering the Ukrainian people. They're blowing up apartment buildings, as they did in Mariupol. And, of course, then it's a false flag, and it's turned over to our lying media here in the United States and everywhere else in the world to blame it on Russia. So what you're hearing is not what's happening. It's the opposite. Now, I'm not saying that Putin's some kind of a saint. That is not the way it works. Is the answer A? No. Is the answer B? No. Is the answer C? No. Is the answer D all the above? Yeah, it probably is. To some degree or another, yes, for sure. But it is definitely not one or the other. It's all the above. Plus, there are uh, prophecies from – I've been given them. I talk to people from the Ukraine. I know people from the Ukraine. I know people that have people in Russia. I know what's going on. Now, and I, and I said in the last radio show that we did or whatever, I told you that while Hannity was t- saying that there were massive explosions taking place in Kiev, I was watching nine live webcams in Kiev, and there wasn't so much as a flicker of light. Okay, so we're being flat out lied to. 
I'm not saying Hannity's a bad guy. That's not the case. What I'm telling you, he's being fed information from probably from a teleprompter, and he's and it's not accurate. It's inaccurate. It's just lies. It's lies, lies, lies. Everywhere, everywhere you look, you turn to the left, it's lies, lies, lies. The global satanic control grid is in full action right now. All right? It's in full action. So are bad things happening in the Ukraine? Absolutely there are. But trust, please do be advised that there are real Nazis. These are the sons of those who slaughtered the Ukrainians when Hitler was moving over into Stalingrad and got his tiny cheek kicked upside down and sideways. It was a horrible situation, and I don't even want to revisit it, and I, don't, I uh, wouldn't want you to either. But I'm telling you that the threat is very real. Klaus Schwab is a Nazi. The World Economic Forum, Forum did, in fact, own one of the largest bio labs in the Ukraine. And, yes, Russia did have to use thermobaric weapons to take them out because if they didn't use thermobaric weapons, then the viruses would have escaped, and they would have caused another global pandemic of only our Lord, Father, God, and Jesus knows how horrible it would have been. So from a humanitarian effort, the Russians are doing a lot more than any of this other stuff are. So, you know, you can say, well, I, you know, he's pro-Russian. No, I'm, I'm just telling you the information that I'm getting directly from people that are in the Ukraine that know people that are living there right now. Uh, and, um, and, and I also know the history of the Ukraine well enough to understand why all this weirdness is taking place. They put missile launchers in residential areas. My friend who grew up in Odessa, okay, she walked by those missile launchers. She knows these are Nazis. She's had confrontations with them. Okay, so I'm telling you, it is a fact. Okay, and she's a listener of the program. I trust her. And she was also a missionary who would go around with all the foreign missionaries and translate for them, as they were bringing people to Jesus, she would do Russian you know, and Ukrainian translation, which is essentially the same language. Praise God. All right, next headline. Losing Russia's safety measures, a strategic problem for Israel in Syria. And guess what? That's huge. Also, it's also very, very huge that they are getting ready to strike up new uh, talks over the uh, Iranian um, uh, agreement uh, for the nuclear deal. This is very alarming, people. Under Obama-Biden, this could be what causes Bennett to send in two tactical nukes to take out the Fordow facility. They have already come public and said they cannot do it with uh, air bombs. They have to take it out with nukes. All right? And the prophet, Dr. David O'Rourke, saw on no uncertain terms two tactical nukes being launched from the bottom of an Israeli IAF jet shot at the base of the Fordow facility, okay? And I don't have time to play that. I want to get Brother Gary on here as quick as I can, but I'm warning you about this stuff, folks, because this stuff is very scary, and it will jettison us into World War III, whether we like it or not. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one. The Western Journal reports, Fauci's next move revealed after seemingly disappearing as left's COVID narrative disintegrates. Okay, so they're getting ratted out. There was, you know, Freedom of Information Act launch. You know, people are finding out that, you know, tens of thousands of people died even while they were doing the trials on the mRNA uh, versions of the vaccine, the Pfizer and Moderna stuff. It's absolutely out of control. It's unbelievable. And now they're suddenly slipping away into the background. No big surprise there. Don't expect at any time that if, you know, somebody comes out and prophesies that they're all going to be captured and rounded up at the Pope and taken to Guantanamo, don't believe it. It's not going to happen. All right, praise God. Next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thousands of Canadians joined coast-to-coast freedom chain to defend freedom. 
Oh, if the Canadians had even had any idea how close they are to having, whew, boy. Anyway, yeah, Canada is in a lot more trouble than they think they are. Uh, I don't think they realize uh, how easy, how trivial it is for the entire country to be completely placed under martial law by really just a wave of a hand of Trudeau and the people that are under control in the parliament. All right, and, and anyway, they got a little taste of it with the trucker thing, but I don't think they really realize how bad it is. All right, praise God. Uh, Russia Today reports, and by the way, uh, the blocking of Russia Today, Sputnik News, that kind of stuff, is happening like crazy. The Telegram servers have been broken into. They're highly encrypted. They have a network of servers that are worldwide. They shouldn't have been able to break into them, but they did, and now they have blocked uh, Telegram. Uh, the Telegram servers for Russia Today and Sputnik News have been blocked all across the European Union, and the only people that can get to them in the EU are those who know how to use things like ExpressVPN. So if you find yourself in a part of the world where you are unable to get any longer to the other side of the story, okay, uh, unless you like being incredibly lied to all the time, then, um, uh, then you will need to invest in a, a product such as uh, you know, ExpressVPN. Now, it isn't inexpensive. If you, get the, you know, if you pay the least amount that you can pay, which is like $6, $6 a month or $6.99 a month, they're going to make you pay the whole year up in advance, okay? So, but you will have a button that you can press in your Chrome browser, and it will completely masquerade your communication, and you will be able to get to servers that are being blocked in your country without your country being able to block you. So I'm just letting you know the name of the product is ExpressVPN. All right, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. That's, arguably, that's the best one of all. And one of the reasons is is that they are very overt, and their policy – it's a written policy, by the way, which is really good from a legal standpoint. Their policy is that they save no log files at all. So if there is a subpoena to try to find out you know, what this person, that person, what they want, looked at, this, all that kind of stuff, it doesn't work because, it, because their written policy is we never save log files. So that means if the FBI goes in and hooks up a big fiber truck and all this kind of stuff, they're not going to get anything. All right, that's why I like that particular product, and no, I'm not getting any kind of dividends. Just t- trying to hook you up. Another headline, Pakistan strikes deal with Russia to buy gas and wheat. Pakistan, by the way, ain't having nothing to do with it. Now, think about it. BRICS, Russia established BRICS. It's Brazil, India, uh, China, and, um, and, and, and Russia. And, um, and this is a, a, a trade uh, and uh monetary system that has been already established. They saw these days were coming. They're trading amongst one another. Of course, Biden is drooling with his shots of Ritalin, uh, you know, in front of a teleprompter as he's wandering around talking about cows in the middle of a press conference or whatever it is that he does. And, um, I, you know, I don't even pay attention to it. I, it's, it's, he's so far. But anyway, the point of the matter is that we're being utterly, utterly manipulated. All right. All right. Let's keep on going. You know, where this is going to lead, I don't know. We're just going to have to keep on watching. Like I said, that Russian, that, that Christian Russian prophecy that I read indicated that Putin gets really angry and Moldova, Latvia, and some of the Baltic states actually get upset with NATO and tell Putin that he wants, that they want to rejoin the USSR. They want his protection. Okay, which, by the way, would lead up to a handful of other prophecies as well coming true. All right, next one. Russia, countries allowing Ukraine to use their airfields may be regarded as entering the conflict. Okay, this is significant because this expands us out closer to the concept of Article 5 NATO 
and exactly what they, they, the forces of darkness, the global satanic crime syndicate, wants to implement ultimately for the collapse of the United States and the rise of the New World Order, which is captured in our Holy Bible, if you understand what it is you're reading. All right, praise God. Next one up, study. Pfizer's shot makes teens seven times more likely to suffer myocarditis. I don't think that's a surprise for anybody. Next report, 2,300 Christian churches are desecrated. All right, and this is talking about, let's see, this is, um, I'm trying to figure out where this is actually happening at. Uh, Freedom Center, da 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 I, I don't know. It's not actually giving me the, uh, look. oh, it says Greek City, According to the Greek City Times, there appears to be a correlation between the increase in illegal migration and incidents of attacks to Greek or Orthodox religious churches. Okay, so this apparently appears to be spreading across Europe, and a lot of churches are getting desecrated. In fact, they show one completely destroyed in this particular article, which is from World Net Daily. Next one up. Russia, without evidence, says Ukraine is making a nuclear dirty bomb. Now then, be advised. That there are, I, I have published this. So if you go to tribulation-now.org, in the upper left-hand corner now, I put up one, two, three articles. Uh, there are many articles. There are many articles. There's, there's nothing to them. It takes you moments to. But the one that I just put up uh, earlier today has an ex-United States Marine Corps intelligence officer explaining the realities that are occurring in the Ukraine because. He was part of intelligence, and he knows exactly how the CIA operates. He knows exactly how we spread disinformation. He knows how the propaganda engine works. He knows how Putin operates. He was part of the whole deal. He was part of Operation Desert Storm. He was part of all of these things. He gets it. He understands how it works. I highly recommend that you listen to this man. All right. Praise God. Next one up. So, again, uh, Russian military destroyed 2,203 targets in the Ukrainian military uh, infrastructure during a special operation. Do I doubt this? No. I am – listen, again, it is Russia that called for the uh, – anyway, they're trying to get the people out of the way. They don't bomb buildings. They don't hurt anybody. They're not trying to hurt anybody. They're, but they are dealing with Nazis that hate the people that live in the Ukraine. I know about this. This is a fact. Now, is, does everybody believe the same thing in the Ukraine? Are there some people that are afraid of Russia that live there? Yes, of course. I mean, if, if for, for us to generalize and say that the Ukraine thinks of everything the same way, that every person there believes the same exact thing, no, that would be ridiculous. That would be like saying that everybody that lives in California is gay. You hear what I'm saying? I get it. But I'm just giving the, you the other side of the story that you will never hear by listening to the lying media uh, and all the stuff that they're perpetuating out there, ridiculous things like, you know, Russia is attempting to cause, uh, you know, a nuclear meltdown. That is absolutely a lie from the devil. It is the Nazi nationalists that are running the Ukrainian army. These are the sons of the Ukraine Nazis that existed in 1945, all right, or 44 or 40 or whatever, when they went in after Stalingrad. All right, listen to this. The United States is still allegedly 15 years from being able to reliably defend from a, nucle- a limited nuclear ICM. ICMB or ICBM, sorry, attack from North Korea. That is an alarming report uh, and uh, is probably very, very true. Um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to look for the most. Uh, Kiev regime sought to scrub evidence, Pentagon backed bioweapons program. Aha! Okay, yes. And in fact, they're trying to scrub the evidence that got released in regards to the bioweapons lab. Uh, labs, uh, plural, that Russia took out with a thermobaric weapon. 
course, naturally they are. They're trying to CYA themselves, just like the CDC making up a, and the FDA making up a big fat lie that it would take them 95 years to print out the articles until they got pressure from a judge and threatened with big fat fines. And now we're all finding out that there were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that died immediately after taking their bioweapon shot. Okay, listen to this. U.S. B-52 bombers uh, are, are now flying to countries bordering Ukraine. This is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in my entire life. People, you don't – most people do not realize that B-52 bombers with the current hypersonic missile technologies that Russia owns, with the current hypersonic missile technologies that China owns, B-52 bombers are a joke. They are a joke. They mean nothing. They are purely symbolic. They would take them down so fast that they wouldn't even be able to get within five, probably even a thousand miles of the of the border. Okay, so so this is just antagonization. It, it is, you know, if you want to call it poking the bear, call it poking the bear. The situation is gruesome, and it's getting more and more gruesome by the day. And we're being run by an entity that isn't even human. Hallelujah. So, uh, I, you know, I can keep on going. Uh, I was going to talk. I'm going to save some of this stuff for the next radio show. Uh, let me go ahead and make a, a note here. Uh, hold on a second. Control. Uh, I got to hit the right keys. I got to pull the phone away from my thing here. Hold on a second. Okay. And I got to hit the save button to save my place so I don't lose my place. Hallelujah. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on the most patient man in the world, Brother Gary Wayne. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Gary, for joining us. Are you there? I am, and uh, so happy to be with you. And uh, as usual, I just love listening to uh, you go through the headlines, and uh, it was quite a list tonight, no doubt about that. Yeah, the the um, the blessing in the I don't know I don't want to call it a curse because that would be bad, but the blessing and the deep challenge that I've been given call it a burden, whatever you want to call it is that because of the radio show, um, I know people worldwide. And it's, a, it's good to be able to talk to people that I know that, are, that love Jesus, would never lie, that live in the Ukraine, have family that live in the Ukraine, and also to have been blessed with having spent more than 30, maybe even close to 40 years of my life studying World War II like a crazy person. And so I... When Putin says he's doing this and he's doing that, I already know he's telling the truth because I understand the Nazi regime that exists in Ukraine. You know, I, 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 it's, it's all historical fact, but most people don't know histor- history. And well, you know, you know the old thing about history, there, Gary, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I certainly do, and uh, you know, uh, if you, if you sort of take a step back on, on, on some of this stuff and you understand that um, globalists are national socialists on a globalist scale and they just want to yeah. sort of hit on the, the national part and make that obsolete. But if you understand a globalist is a global socialist of the Nazi yeah. beginnings, then things start to make sense. And if you understand the propaganda that um, was done throughout Germany to to be able to hide things and brainwash people to to go along. I mean, again, that's just sort of like the beginning of what we actually see manifested today. So we need to be, we need to be asking very hard critical questions. And it's, it's in the, I guess the diabolical nature of 
propaganda is it mixes truth with falsehoods and half-truths. Yeah. And it's really hard to sift through what is actually right. going on. So we want to be very, very critical as to what actually is going on in the Ukraine because globalists, global socialists, never miss an opportunity to take an advantage of a natural or contrived catastrophe to move their movement forward and to install a worldwide totalitarian regime. That's what they want to do. So when we have all of them speaking from the same song sheet, that is a red flag to say, wait a minute, that's all um, orchestrated. That is all handed yeah. out talking notes. And so what's behind the talking you, notes? You, you, can see, you can see Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk right now, can't you? I can. <laughs> it's like, this is orchestrated. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and, and, and almost everybody is playing along. And even parties who have their own self-interest, let's say like China, who, you know, are, are not condemning this. I mean, they're watching this thing very, very closely because of their own agenda. Um, but again, you know, we have to understand that. Go ahead. Did you hear what I – I didn't mean to interrupt, but, but, but did you hear what they said on um, Thursday the uh, – let me get my – Thursday the 3rd. Do you know what CCP came out and said publicly to the world on Twitter? I'll read it. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think they, they, they accused the West of starting the war. <laughs> they they, they said <laughs> that if we continue to provoke them in Taiwan – that they will reduce our ships to scrap metal, and we would face the steely uh, 1.4 billion steely angry Chinese. They basically said, oh, "Knock holy off, smokes. No, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, that was just released by one of their uh, leadership people on the third. I believe it was. Well, and you just have to think that they are just ecstatic right now that you know their lapdog which you know putin is basically kind of a vassal to xi right now and wouldn't be doing this without the blessing and the limitless um alliance that they have created just as they're trying to also include iran into that on the current negotiations where they because, are they are which is pissing off israel israel's freaking out right now because if they cut a deal with Obama, with I don't even like to call it Biden because we all know he's completely lost in dementia and they're shooting him up with Riddle and it's the only way the guy can even yep. function. So, so, so Obama's behind the scenes pulling the puppet strings and of course he's part of the whole World Economic Forum. He probably even started it. But I mean, you know, <laughs> it's unbelievable, you know. And 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 we're just like watching it unfold and I'm just sitting here going, my gosh, what is that? Yeah, and and the U.S. is using the United States all through this negotiate or not the United. Uh, the United States is using Russia all through this negotiation as their sort of mediator to cut the deal, and that what Biden is looking to is, is to buy the oil from Iran and obviously pump more U.S. dollars into there. But also there's a, there's a, a scenario where the current uranium that's in Iran would be held by Russia, if you could believe that. Uh, and, yeah. of course— that that could be given back at any point in time. But that just shows you that, you know, Biden is a vassal to the globalists and he is just being um, either brainwashed to do, use drugs to do or coerced to do whatever it is or all of the above. And he's just moving forward 
through creating contrived catastrophes because everything he handles becomes a catastrophe that the globalists can jump into that vacuum and move forward on and with China. I mean, they, they, they are just ecstatic at the incompetent reaction to the United States um, and saying, Paul Harris, our, our How, empire is going to get larger she, pretty quick. <laughs> What are these entities? I, I I was just talking to a friend of mine. I haven't spoken to him in like you know for a long long time. He's a real smart guy, um, and I, I'm working on 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 saving his soul. And I, little by little, I can see progress. Praise God! But he's like 62, and he's he's a genius. And he said exactly what you just said. You know, he knows. People know. People see what's going on. They recognize this stuff. They don't see all of it. Like you know, we're. I would say arguably blessed. I mean, ignorance is bliss. And I used to say it all the time, you know, ignorance is bliss and I'm the happiest guy on the road, you know, but now it's like the opposite. It's like, man, if ignorance is bliss, man, I got a meteor heading right at my head. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and just something else for sort of people to think about as this 10 King groups of nations, spheres of influence. And that's a term I use in my book a lot, spheres of influence. When I talk about, this end-time empire that's going to be formed. It's not that Xi or Putin are against setting up this new Nephilim world order. They just refuse to accept what the Europeans are imposing on them as what their role will be. And they're just saying, no, we're going to establish a larger role and we'll do it by force if, if necessary. And you can do whatever you want to do, but you can't stop us. And it's true, and and it's actually biblical. What you just said is very, very, very biblical. Um, as a matter of fact, believe it or not, you're going to get a kick out of this. <laughs> right across, I had, I was like, you know what? I have to have a copy. It was just one of those things. Once in a while, something happens. We see it, and we're like, I've got to have that. But in 1972, when I was 10 years old, I was sitting there with my pioneer. I think they called it an SX uh, 380, uh, you know, system back in the turntable days. And I had ordered over a TV by calling an 800 number or whatever, the Jack Van Impe album entitled The War, The Coming War with Russia. And I just bought a copy of it from eBay, and it's sitting literally 10 feet from me right now. It's like, you know, and then we're watching all this stuff happen, and it's like, wow. Because they're yeah. – they are really making him mad. He, right now, Putin is furious. He is really angry. And um, and there was a, 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 one of the ladies in the Ukraine had sent me a, a, that I know that's Ukrainian sent me a, a, a Russian prophecy, and that – it was a, from a little little small child – uh, and in the prophecy, it said that um, it talked all about the Ukrainian conflict. And then it said that Moldova and Latvia, the Baltic states, turn on NATO and ask Putin to come rescue them, too. Yeah. Well, so we'll have to wait. Well, happens, yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens with that. And with, you know, and people may not realize that Putin is an interesting sort of individual, at least his family is because it's so mysterious. His thought his grandfather comes out of nowhere in about the 1850s. And there's no record of a name of Putin before that. And oh, his father great. comes so from. Got, so, 
So basically, he, he got dropped Ukraine. off from another planet, is what you're saying. Great. Oh, boy. Well, not quite. Like not quite. No, not quite. <laughs> like close. So, and his father was from right. Kiev in the, in the Ukraine area. And so wow. the royal families, and that's where the original czars and the bloodlines come from for Russia that you know, eventually moved. Yeah. Well, not the Romanovs, because this is the Putyanin family that is in control of Moscow until about the 1600s or shortly thereafter when the Romanovs take over. But the original bloodline comes from Kiev. And what they used to do, and, and, the, and the bloodlines are still there and were still there uh, in the time of uh, Putin's grandfather, but if they had a they had a baby outside of marriage, they wouldn't provide it the whole name. They would only give it part of the name. So Putin comes from the Putyanin of the original czars, and he is wanting to set up his position in terms of the bloodline and the original Tartarian Empire of the Cossacks that came out of um, the Ukraine um, for the you know for his position in the in the new world order. So this is this is something wow. that is biblically coming together, right? Wow, that's awesome. Now I'm going to shut up and let you get back to what you do best. But oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing that very relevant uh, historical. Um, wow. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to fast forward through your book. I, I don't have enough spare time to get through it all. I'm going to have to find <laughs> that part. But anyway, um, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and back off and grab myself my folding chair and let you go ahead and take the rest of the show. And, and by the way, if you if you feel led. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you know boo or nothing. If, you know, if you just want to do the 30 minutes, fine. That's great. If you feel led to go a little bit past nine o'clock or go all the way to 9:30 Eastern time, that's fine too. Whatever you feel led. I just wanted to go ahead and give you the microphone because I know people just absolutely love it when you join us. Okay. Well, we'll try and get it in in a, in a half an hour, but it may may take a little bit longer. But we'll see how it goes. Depends how talkative right, I, right, I, I am, I guess. So terrific. So tonight's uh, episode is good. No worries. So tonight's episode is uh, chapter 25, and it's uh, the Amalekites. And I know I've talked about the Amalekites in some of the other chapters, but the Amalekites is such an awesome, interesting, fascinating subject because it goes to some of the real heart of what's underneath so many of the narratives that are in the Old Testament and how that will roll down through history and even affect the time of the end time, as well as start to connect you into where King Herod comes from, the one who tried to assassinate Jesus while he was still a baby, um, because he was an Edomite um, king that uh, usurps the throne of Israel. And I'm not going to go into that story, but just understand that that's an Edomite bloodline that's going to be sort of intricately interconnected in the topic that we're going to talk about tonight. And we need to look at the Amalekites in a couple of different levels in terms of the people. So we want to have you keep that in mind. But it, it's, it, the interesting thing is about what we're, what we're told in the Bible about these people is that it kind of invites you in to dig deeper and find out what's really going on, what's really happening amongst the visible ones that we're fighting against in the world who answer to the invisible ones. And they're, they're again, deeply connected to that as they were 
uh, an important part of the ancient world, and those bloodlines are still important to uh, consider today. But today we're going to just talk about chapter 25 and some of the enigmas of the Amalekites, who they were, and explain how that fits into biblical history and why we should be aware of them going forward. And so I open up chapter 25 with a quote out of the book of Exodus 1715. And it's a really interesting little verse that makes you say, what the heck's going on other than the obvious? And that verse says, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. And that's referencing the battle of Rephidim. Um, was a battle that was just after Moses and the Israelites had left the Exodus, and the Amalekites attacked them viciously when they were unarmed, unprepared for battle. It was a ragtag nation of slaves, and were trying to wipe them from the face of the earth. So there's a lot going on here, and there's even more than that to keep in mind. So I always, you know, when I first read that, I asked myself, what the heck is going on here that God would be at war against a specific people from generation to generation? These, this must be a people we need to understand because of that sort of statement. And indeed, they live up to the reputation that we ought to know more about these people. So what people don't really sort of connect, and I always find it surprising, um, but they don't understand why when people show up scripturally before they're sort of doctrinally told and set down when they should show up, they accept that. I don't believe that the Bible is in contradiction, so I like to get to the bottom of it and find out what's really going on, because there aren't contradictions in the Bible. There are only additional pieces of information that you need to piece in. And once you understand that, then things start to sort of open up a little bit for you. So the Amalekites show up first in Genesis 14 in the emphasis war against giants that I've talked about as some of the people that are being uh, waged war from the Mesopotamian giant kings against the giants in the land of the covenant and some other people that include the Amalekites. But the difficulty with that is that Amalek, whom most people are taught is the patriarch for the Amalekites, is not born for several generations later, three generations to be specific, and we're not sure how many years exactly that might be, but we're getting pretty close that it's not something that should be confused with when we get the first patriarch that's going to create a nation called Amalekites with Amalekites that are shown up in Genesis 14. So in Genesis 36 is when we first get Amalek, who is being born from Eliphaz and Timna. They produce the son that they call Amalek. And Eliphaz is the son of Esau, who is the twin brother of Jacob, and the older brother who had all of his birthrights taken away and the Magianic promise 
away from him. And Jacob is the one who's going to have his name changed to Israel. And Jacob is the son of Isaac. And Isaac is the son of Abraham. And the war in Genesis 14 takes um, happens very early on when Abraham has moved from and migrated with some of his close family from Ur and in Mesopotamia, from the same area where these giant kings come from to, to wage war, uh, and he migrates into the land of Hebron, which is, again, a very important area of the world that will come up as we talk a little bit more tonight about the Amalekites. So you can already see a whole bunch of different relationships and probably lots of questions that start to sort of come to mind. And we need to, we need to understand that the Bible isn't in contradiction. So this is a different set of people that are in Genesis 14 if the Bible is not in contradiction. And in Genesis 14, these are the people that are talked about that are in uh, an area of sort of Mount Seir and the Edom, what would become the Edom region in the time of that war. And that's important to also keep in mind as we sort of um, understand that the Amalekites lived in the land of the Edomites and of a people called the Horim, as they're described in Deuteronomy 2 and other passages, they'll be the, the Horites. And when we and we're only given one sort of clue in Genesis 14 as to how do we sort of reconcile this, and this is that they were um, in that Mount Seir area. And one of the things that you want to understand about the Mount Seir area is. They were uh, located from their capital city, and it's called the ancient city in several passages in, in the Bible, but that would, is believed to be the city of Petra. And they also had uh, people that were located east of the Jordan River uh, right from before the flood, and that these people would have also been in the Mount Seir area from just after the flood. And so that starts to make them aboriginals. And the other people that are listed in this war of giants, other than the Malachites, there are the Horites. And the, this is the Horim that we we're talking about. And the Horim are a division of the Rephaim. And you also have the Rephaim that were listed. And that's typically where they're, they're located in that battle is in the Mount Hermon area which, of course, is of relevance to the creation uh, of giants and the oath that was sworn there. <clears throat> the Zuzim of Ham, and you also have Amorites and Canaanites also listed in there who um, would be hybrids as well as you probably would get some Horim that, are, that become Horites as hybrids as well. But the point of the matter is, is that if the Amalekites become a nation that's going to grow into this nation that's going to attack Moses and the Israelites at the time of the Exodus, many hundreds of years later, then who are these other people? Well, they are part of the giant community. Um, they're part of the uh, Raphaim tribes, although they're not listed with the Raphaim in Deuteronomy 2. They may be a different sort of branch of, of the giants, whether or not they survived the flood or they're created after the flood. Not here to debate tonight how you think they show up after the flood. Just, we need to understand that they do. And these are 
uh, different people. These are true giants and, and Raphaim. So when we look at um, <clears throat> the giants that are in Deuteronomy 2, that includes like the Anakim, and they're connected to the Anakim. That includes the Horim, and it includes the Emim that are located in Deuteronomy 2. And that all of these people dwelt there. There was just like this conclave of giants that were not only throughout the land of Canaan, but throughout the area of the the Negev. And they also intermarried with the Edomites, and who are the descendants of Esau, after Esau leaves um, from probably the Hebron area and migrates to the Mount Seir region, as he's talked about in, in the book of Genesis. We get another interesting detail about the Amalekites that show up in 1 Samuel 27, 8. And it talks about the Geshurites and the Gerzites who do not have patriarchs in the Bible. So just as you look at the Horim, you don't have Horim patriarch in the Bible either. You get a Horai who is listed in Genesis 36, but as we just covered, the Horim are also in the Genesis 14 Ward of Giants, and it predates. So again, you have that conundrum. So you're going to have, with that as an example, you're going to have a set of giants and some hybrid human giants that would have interbred with uh, the original Raphaim nations. And so the Gasherim are probably, and, and, and I really, I, I do touch on them without the patriarchs in the book, but in the new book I'm talking, I'm going to write about, I'm going to really explain how we know that these are other giants and just as the Gerzim would be other giants. And they dwelt along with the Amalekites in the time of King Saul and uh, to a limited degree to, to King David from Shur to Egypt. So from the Negev to the Egyptian wall and the border there. So they were in that area of the south. So clearly they're part of that um, group of people that include the hybrids and the giants. And they lived there from ancient times, which is a really, really interesting uh, term. And you get that in different ways throughout the Old Testament, and whichever translation of English that you're reading, you could say former times in other areas, you could say old, old, it could say ancient times. And there are other terms as well. And in most times those tend to suggest before the flood, but it can also mean right after the flood. So again, whatever conclusion you come to, how these beings show up after the flood will probably be the lens that you're going to look through to decide whether or not that means that the Amalekim were antediluvian giants or part of the Raphaim creations after the flood. And so we get a very clear understanding that the Amalekim are part of the aboriginal nations. The Raphaim, all of their, all of those nations are, as you take them back to their meanings of their name in original Hebrew, are aboriginal peoples before the Canaanites moved there after Babel. 
And so that starts to open up that whole concept that we've talked about uh, on several shows where when you have Canaan, Seth, and Hyde, and, and Sidon, uh, and Heth and Sidon are the sons of Canaan, they're going to, along with Canaanites, they're going to intermarry with the Raphaim, and you're going to get nine families who do not have a patriarch that are listed in the Canaanite families, which as you take that back to Hebrew, and it has several different meanings. And one of them is like a different race and another one is a different species. And so it starts to open up this idea that these are all of the, the hybrids that are being talked about. And so when we look at how that now comes back around to the Malachites in, in, um, in the Najev region that we were talking about, in that desert area in sort of the south of the covenant land towards the Egyptian border, you have numbers 13, 28, and 29, and this comes before the embellished part of the report by the, the terrified scouts who didn't want to go up against these peoples that are in the land. And what it says is there is very, very interesting. In, in verse 28, it says, we saw the children of Anak there. And then verse 29 starts immediately after. And it says, the Amalekites dwell in the south. And what's interesting about that is that there's nothing to separate saying where the Amalekites are from the children of Anak. And the children of Anak are giants. Rapha, Raphaim is defined in Deuteronomy and not the giants that go back to Nephilim in Numbers 13.33, these are post-Diluvian creations. And so there's not an and that's put in there. It doesn't say we saw the children of Anak there and we saw the Amalekites that dwell in the south. There's nothing to separate it there. It's, it's almost implying directly that the Amalekites are directly connected to the Anakim. And it could mean that, or, you, you know, you need to leave up the, the possibility that it's talking about people that are taller than the Israelites, but not as big as the Anakim, as in Sheshai, Talmai, and um, Ahiman, which are the three kings of the Anak that were seen there, that they were six to nine feet tall as opposed to, you know, nine feet and taller um, you know, biblically, we could probably take King Og up to as high as 13 or 14 feet based on the size of his bed and using a royal cubit because he was a king, which was 21 inches versus 18. But even Goliath, as I've talked about in the past, even at, a, at, uh, at six at cubits and a span and 18 inches for a length, he's going to be nine feet, nine inches and probably 11 feet, three inches because he was the king of Gath, whom I think Ashish takes over for afterwards as the king after Goliath is slain by, by David. So the Amalekites that are described in the scouts report in Numbers 1333 are either hybrids or giants or both. And these are the people, as Deuteronomy 1 talks about, that recaps the details and the accurate parts of the detail that talks about the people that they saw there that were taller than the Israelites, but distinct from the Anakim and the three kings of the Anakim that they also saw there. 
And amongst those people are also the Amorites as well. And we've talked about them in the past uh, shows where the Amorites were also hybrid people. So I think we need to look at the Amalekim as being a giant race. And then you get a second race of hybrids that begins with Amalek, who is the son of Timna and Eliphaz, because Timna is a sister of Lotan, and Lotan is a son of Seir, who we're going to talk about a little bit more in, in a couple of minutes, and they are whoring. And so there's also the not only the whoring that are there, but you also get some hiving as as the Genesis 36 narrative talks about. So this whole area is just sort of burgeoning with, with giants. And so this is that's the beginning of a line of the dukes of Edom, as in the Edomite hybrids, versus the original dukes of Edom that were there before the Edomites moved there. And those dukes, and that's the Hebrew word alaph, L-A-L-L-O-W-P-H, as it's transliterated into English, is the word that we get duke from and the word that the bloodlines will use as the elf, the elven, and the fairy kings and bloodlines. And it's important to understand that when you're talking about the royal bloodlines, the kings of God, Roy King, L being uh, God, and A-L is just the transliteration of el as it as it shows up let's say in syria and mesopotamia you can also see it as il uh, illu allah and a few other transliterations but you get sort of the understanding that these are royal bloodlines that produce the kings and the dynasties and that part and a main part of that is the elven bloodlines that come out of the dukes of edom and so once we start to understand that there's two different people, then we can start to understand that there's a relationship there that corrupted the second line of the Edomites that starts to have you start to look at some of the questions as to the details in terms of understanding them. Why at the Battle of Rephidim was the amount, were the Malachites trying to wipe out the Israelites from the face of the earth? Really quite simple. They wanted the Messianic promise to produce the Antichrist from. They wanted the blessings and the birthrights because Esau would inherit it as as the son, you know, who, you know, by firstborn thought he should have had anyways. And his descendants were there to wipe Israel out, to usurp what Esau originally had lost. So we need to understand that kind of context. And then that starts to answer questions as to why King Herod, as an Edomite, is wanting to murder the Messiah, not just for his own power, but it's his blood oath that the Amalekites had sworn to, to wipe Israel from the face of the earth, as all the Raphaim swore that same sort of oath. And the Amalekim were the, the Amalekites were the most, rambunctious of the peoples that were motivating all of the other people's hybrids and giants uh, to, to help wipe these people from the face of the earth so that their gods, their pantheon of gods would remain in control. And this is a similar battle that is starting to shape up in the fig tree generation that, that I think that we're in. 
So when we start looking at um, the, these ancient aboriginals, you know, and, and we're talking about the horim that um, Timna comes from, and understand that when you were to, if you were to take that without the vowels, the word horim back to Hebrew without the vowels, as it was originally sort of spelled, particularly in early Semitic languages, you would have a CH, uh, which is the H sound, and an R and an M. So if we just say it's an H, an R, and an M, that's the same root word for Hermit. So again, you get a connection of these chiefs that were there before Esau settled there. And parts of Edom, as you move further east, drove them out, but not in that south central area and then west of the border. That's where the Anakim remain. That's where the Geshurim, the Gerzim, and the Horim, and some of the Hivim continued to live amongst uh, human hybrids. And these were the chiefs of Edom as well. And we need to understand chief as a leader, as a royal bloodline. And what's interesting is, is that the founder of the Horim, the patriarch that is in the land of, uh, of Edom, the land of Seir, his name is Seir, S-E-I-R as we get it. But that actually goes back to a series of words and, and to Satyr in particular, but it goes back to um, a word that is associated with watchers and fallen angels. So if you if you understand that Satyr for Seer is related to Zaire, um, that is uh, for Satyr as it's translated, so you've got as a Hebrew word, that's going to be Sayir, both for Seer and Sayir also for Satir. And it's a hyphenated word. So you get a word um, that is for Seer, it starts with an S-E as they insert the vowel, but in Sayir for Satir, it's S-A. And that typically is, is, is goes back to um, two different words, one being, being for hairy and shaggy, and the other one is Ayer, which is the word that Watcher in Daniel 4 comes from. So it makes you wonder whether or not the Raphaim, who were hairy sort of beings as well, just as Horim were understood to be hairy beings and other Raphaim were as well, were perhaps maybe their patriarchs were satyr gods that were degraded Watchers um, who had rebelled against uh, God, either before they became before the flood of satyrs or if they're degraded after the flood and the ones that perhaps had not gone to the uh, abyss yet for the crimes that the parent gods did. But that's another rabbit hole. So we're going to stay on track here because we can go down a lot of rabbit holes if I'm not, not careful. And so um, we need to understand that um, these horim that produced the Amalekites and that were directly sort of a branch a sister branch, so to speak, or a cousin branch of of the Amalekim, they also had cities in Syria, in the Mount Hermon area. And that control, as you look at the different kings in, in Genesis 36, it seems to sort of go back and forth. And this is the same 
people that are talked about as Syrians that are also called in the salt war that David has as being Edomites. And so if you wonder why after the war David fights up north with the Syrians and then he goes down to the Salt Valley and fights the Syrians there and then you read in its parallel passage um, because you've got Chronicles and you've got Samuel covering both off but in one it's called they're called Syrians and the other ones they're called Edomites but in both passages he's putting garrisons all, all the way through Edom that's because it's the same people and so David had to go fight them and this is the Hadad empires, and that name Hadad and Hadar begins in Genesis 36 of these bloodlines. And this is the Edomite bloodline that comes down through King Herod. So there's an interesting sort of long relationship here that we need to understand in the context of the battles of the Raphaim and the hybrids, even through the time of King Solomon, down through the time of King Ahab, and even further with these Hadad kings. And Hadad was another name for Baal, as it comes out of the east. And so these are Baalim gods. And Baalim is thought to be the gods of Mount Hermon who created the Raphaim. And so when you get names like Ben-Hadad, that's son of Baal, son of Hadad. And that's just sort of describing their dynastic bloodline from the Baalim who gave them their divine right to rule as kings and set up their dynasties. And as Josephus talks about this Hadad bloodline in Syria that David fought against, they had a series of Hadads and Hadars, and uh, those are the same, so don't get them think that they're different as you're reading through the Bible. And just as the Chronicles and Genesis 36 will call Hadad Hadar, and so understand that that they're generally the same, uh, the same individual, and that happens up also with Hadarezer and Hadadezer. So again, you got to keep sort of all of that straight. But understand that this was a bloodline lineage of ten generations, just of the one that was established in Damascus as part of the Syrians, and they were Edomites. And so you have those Edomites and this Aleph bloodline that the Amalekites were part of, um, sort of dual branches, and you have alternating cities of control and capital cities that are going back between Syria and Edom. And these are the same ones that are going to intermarry with the Hurrians. And the Hurrians are thought to be Horim in, 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 in many accounts, and I kind of agree with that, that they're not separate from the Hurrians, but they're also going to produce dynasties like the Matana dynasty. And then you can start to see how this sort of floods out of the, the Middle East with all of these dynasties down, down through the ages. So there's an Edomite, Horim, Amalekim bloodline that's still out there with a blood oath, not only against Israel, not only against the southern kingdom of Judah, but against Christianity that is going to show up in spades in the genocides of the various tribulations of, of the end time. And it's important to understand that because we're kind of entering into that period 
of the beginning of sorrows as we see things happening through pestilence and wars and rumors of war and the empires that are starting to uh, set up for, for the end time. And so when we look at Seer, he doesn't have a patriarch either. That goes back to the table of nations. And again, that's another clue. And Horai, who people will associate as being the patriarch for the Horites, even though that doesn't explain how they get there in Genesis 14, many generations before, um, he doesn't have a patriarch except through Seer. So they come out of nowhere. And these patriarchless individuals are there in the Bible to help us dig deeper so that we have a better understanding. And what's interesting about Esau, I mean, he departs Hebron, which is Kiriath Arba, for Seir to live in, the land of the giants. And Hebron is where the Anakim were talked about in Numbers 13. And Arba is the patriarch for the Anakim. And Hebron, before it was named Hebron, was named Kiriath Arba. That's almost one of the main centers, one of the main royal city areas for the for the Anakim and for giants in Central. And understand in the organizational structure in the city-states, they tended to set up in a pentapola sort of uh, basis where you have... Ah, daggone it. <laughs> Brother Gary just dropped. Hopefully I'm on, on. I can't... Like I said, I don't have any of my monitoring gizmos and gadgets and stuff. But anyway, um, it, it, for some reason, Gary's phone call just dropped, which is weird because uh uh because uh you know the the program is uh, actually scheduled to go for another full 30 minutes the normal 150 that we do until 9:30 p.m. uh east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great but anyway um I don't know if Gary's going to call back or not um he usually only goes till 9 anyway cuz he's like super super popular and super super busy for obvious reasons um, I would love to hear a lot more, of course, I think you would too, uh, about the whole origin of the Putin dynasty and all that kind of stuff. We'll have to ask uh, Robert Vandrius Mitchell when he comes back on, which I think is probably pretty soon, um, uh, uh, what his thoughts are about Putin. We got Lauren Peterson lined up for this Wednesday, but we haven't been getting any um, – uh, we haven't been getting any um, – um, you know, feedback from him. So, uh, you know, and he's usually pretty good about feeding back via email and stuff like that. So um, I know he's got a, um, I don't know, one of his sons joined the military and they, there might be some tangle, tangly stuff going on there for him. So I'll pray for him, please. Um, but anyway, you know what? At this point, we're having so many challenges getting guests on the program. Now, Gary's awesome and I hope he stays forever. Uh, Sister Joy and Zen, they're awesome. Now, what I would really like to do is get Sister Joy and Zen separated onto their own shows because their contributions are complementary, but Zen has so much stuff that comes from a different direction than Joy that it would be amazing to have Joy do like her own deal and Zen to be like able to do his own deal from that opposite apocryphal perspective that brings in a whole nother, you know, portfolio of information to the uh to the global dynamics that are happening right now, which are absolutely flip-flapping bizarre, to say the least. 
Um, you know, when I personally saw, but I, you know, until we figure out, you know, how we're going to break out the guests, uh, I'm probably going to do a little bit more programs on my own. Um, I, I, I tend to stay, I know you're going to laugh and that's okay. You can laugh. Everybody laughs at me anyway, so that's fine. I'm, I'm used to it. But anyway, um, you know, hopefully you're laughing because you're, because, because I'm telling a good joke, but if you're laughing because you think I'm crazy, then that's fine too. But anyway, so, um, but the thing is, uh, um, you know, there, I, I know a lot more than I hardly ever get to share with people, uh, on the program. Um, it used to be when I first started out back in 2011 doing the program, uh, in the early days, I used to go on, I was on true news. I was on, uh, you know, Daniel Ott, the AJM, I think like three times. Uh, I was called on to a move on event, uh, up in uh, Tennessee, did a show with them, um, looking back now in retrospect, what I took, what, what my hypotheses were, uh, while I was on that program were they were a little off, you know, but I was, I was young and just learning. Um, but, um, but yeah, there's, you know, over the years I have been very, I don't know, it's, it's hard to use the word blessed to describe the information that I know about, um, because really isn't a very pleasant journey. Um, you know, because it ultimately leads to an understanding of the darkness that is, um, you can't like unlearn it kind of thing. Um, now I will say this, praise God. One thing that has helped me over the years is that I tend not to dwell on it. You know, I used to spend a lot of time, like I got to a point where I had read so many books on the subject, some of them I had to put down. They were so disgusting, the things that they were doing for satanic ritual abuse and stuff to the kids and to their mothers uh, was so hor- horrific. Um, and, of course, you know, I, I just I, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't keep reading it. I had to put it I had to put it down. I couldn't I couldn't hear it anymore. It's too horrible, too horrible. And um, but I do intimately understand these dynamics. I understand a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, I don't understand everything. You know, First Corinthians eight two says, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. But I could, I could easily take a chair, you know, in an auditorium of you know five thousand people and sit there and talk for six hours straight on this stuff. I, I had originally put together years ago. I was going to go ahead and do a tour. Um, I had put together over a four hundred slide PowerPoint presentation, just about the Illuminati, how the aliens kind of worked their way into it through the Sumerians. And all that kind of creepy weirdness. And then, um, but then I got to like over 425 slides. And then I did the math and I was like, well, that's like, you know, 15 seconds per slide. If I'm going really fast, multiply it out, you know, divide it out towards 425 slides. I was like, wow, I would have to do like a five day engagement, you know, just to get through the 400 slides. And I hadn't even really begun to, to hit upon a lot of the stuff. So you know, in that sense, Gary and I have a lot in common. Um, uh, you know, he, he just comes uh, at it from a much more historical and deep dive uh, biblical standpoint. I come at it from a very, very wide range of experiences, testimonies, guests that have been on the show, books that I've read, um, uh, unbelievable supernatural events that have happened in my life. That's one of the reasons why I like to have Robert, join us. Uh, Elena, join us. Um, you know, Elena and I have been talking. I'll just tell you this. We've been talking a lot uh, since this whole Russian dynamic has started um, and sharing notes because she knows a lot more than a lot of times she gets around to telling on the show. 
And I'm, I'm trying to like gather that information together and, um, you know, kind of, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to use the channel because in the word channel, because if I use that word, everybody would be like, ah, he's a new ager. But um, I, I do want to kind of like funnel some of the, the stuff that's just absolutely mind shattering that Elena sometimes, you know, cause she's focused on something else uh, doesn't get around to. So uh, we're talking a lot about that. Uh, and I, and I want, I want to try to, you know, you know, funnel, funnel some of that information into programs so you'll be able to hear it too. I don't, I don't want it to just be, be me, you know, uh, talking to her in private. I, you know, and I certainly don't want to be like illegally recording the conversations. But anyway, um, but yeah, there's so much I have to share. Uh, you know, I always and I, I do and have historically believed with all of my heart that by bringing guests on the program, even if there is a little bit of disparity between their belief systems, um, you know, for example. You know, Brother Zen believes that, um, you know, there was corruption that made it onto the art. Okay. And that's, you know, so he doesn't believe in the, you know, the whole, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, he doesn't believe in the traditional churchianity belief in, in, in how the, the, tr- the giants made it past the flood. He actually thinks that there was, you know, essentially corrupted gene infiltration that got onto the, on, onto the art. Now, Gary it takes my approach, you know, which I was really surprised to hear that because, you know, because I didn't like study Gary's work before we started bringing him on the show. But then he, he was like, you know, there had to be a second incursion. So you'll see Gary talk about a second incursion all the time. What he's talking about is that just because Genesis 6, 4 says that, you know, the sons of God came down on into the daughters of men and made, you know, had, had children with them and, you know, and there were giants and this, that, and the other thing. And then, and then after that, you know, that's like the only thing it says about it until you get to Numbers 13. And it says, and that, then after that, after the flood, then you get to Numbers 13 and you discover that there's, you know, there's a giant again, you know, right? And so, you know, I always joke around with the, you know, and I, I'm like, you know, hey, what, you know, what, what did like a giant, you know, get like a snorkel or something and grab the bottom of the ark and kind of like snorkel it for, you know, 40 days and 40 nights or whatever the deal is and that kind of thing. And, you know, Gary was the first guy that I've ever met, praise God, and I totally agree with him, that there was more than one incursion. And when he, when he says more than one incursion, what he means is the same thing that J. Vernon McGee said when he wrote the book Through the Bible. J. Vernon McGee was a pastor's pastor. So, so all the pastors that were around while J. Vernon McGee was doing his thing and writing the book Through the Bible, they would, like, follow him. They would read his books. They would learn from him. But he, for some reason, and I have a hunch why, he didn't tell all the things that he learned. That's very common, by the way. I'm just letting you know that. Um, I, you know, I believe in preexistence. Of course, naturally, Satan, the Bible is very rife. It's, it's absolutely pregnant with verses that, that, that clearly state that we existed before. Okay, it's not, there's no doubt about it. You know, Jesus said in John 10, 34, he said, Have I not said ye are gods? Why in the world would he say that? Why would he say that? It's absolutely ridiculous. No, it's not. If you understand that we preexisted, then you understand why Jesus said to some, not all, but some of the Pharisees, have I not said that ye are gods, and it's written in your law, and the law cannot be broken. Okay, and that's a little g God. And our Heavenly Father is Yahweh-El. Look it up. God of God. Okay? God of all. All right, but it says Yahweh-El, God of gods. Find it. Look it up. All right, use the New King James because you'll have a much better chance of finding the words. All right, now, but my point is this. It's all over the Bible, 
Okay, you know, especially if you're using an enhanced strongs and you're doing some deep diving, you're taking a serious look at what the words are actually saying, and you're not just taking stuff at face value out of your ESV because you're not going to find it. All right, you got to have some, you got to dig a little. But you know, God can't hate Esau and love Jacob. Jacob, for crying out loud, stole you know the 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 uh, the uh, inheritance from Esau. Think about it. Jacob tricked Esau into into giving him the inheritance. All right. And then, and then God turns around and says, I hated Esau, and I loved Jacob. You know, figure that one out. Here's a mystery for you. Well, that was because of things that happened long before the earth was created. Okay, and it's complicated. And, but it explains all the mysteries of the Bible. It explains all those times when Jesus said, you know, things like, you know, if you can receive it. John the Baptist is, uh, is, uh, is Elijah. If you can receive it. What's that all about? How is it possible that John the Baptist is Elijah? You know, again, folks, these things are vitally important. The reason why Satan hides these little tidbits of exceedingly important information from us by putting, by injecting it into the Mormon religion, okay, is because that's a good, you know, look, 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 if you want to keep Christians from learning who they are, if you want to keep them from hurt, then what you want to do is you want to put it at the bottom of a bio, of a giant pile of fertilizer. You get what I'm saying? You take a giant pile of fertilizer, you take a little tidbit of truth, and you hide it at the bottom of a pile of fertilizer, and all the Christians will go, ew, that stinks. Well, that's exactly how Satan operates. He keeps us from knowing who we are. He keeps us from knowing that we are incarnated into the flesh. He keeps us from, from understanding what Jesus is trying to say when he says things like, you know, John the Baptist is Elijah, if you can receive it, which is basically Jesus' way of telling us that you're not going to figure it out. The, you know, why does Jesus say, you know, that the abomination of desolation will be standing in the holy place? You know, he points to the book of Daniel. So you know he's talking about the Antichrist. So right away you're like, okay, well, the abomination of Daniel, you know, a desolation is going to be standing in the holy place. What's the holy place? All you got to do is ask Jesus, read the New Testament for crying out loud. It only takes one wimpy try to get through the New Testament before you read realize pretty quick that at any time Jesus makes a reference to the temple, he's talking about the temple body. He's talking about a human being. This is Satan incarnating into a human. And that's why he says, right after he says that, right afterwards he goes, he says, let the reader beware. Well, guess what? That's Jesus' warning that, you know, pretty much 99.9999999999999 vinculum of the Christians in the world will not get it. That's why CBN and the whole world is jumping on the, hey, let's say the Ukraine bandwagon. They don't care if there's a bunch of Nazis in there blowing the heck out of all of the a civil, you know, all of the cities that are living there. They don't care about Maripol and the and the, and the apartment complex that was called the five-story apartment complex that was blown up by the Nazis. They don't care about any of that thing. They don't care about the fourteen thousand people that were killed in Donbass. They don't care. They don't care that we propped up this this entity. This this member of the Shabbat organization, the Jews that are not Jews, and I don't like to get into that subject because it causes anti-Semitism. So I just, you know, it is my personal policy to avoid that. I'll let, you know, Dr. George Jeffries Pugh, you know, handle the Kazakhstan 
Jews and all that other creepy weirdness that's out there. I don't know who they are. I don't know who interbred with who. I, you know, I studied this under Chuck Misler, and Chuck Misler did a really good job of explaining there was a lot of inbreeding, and you better be careful when you're going into that particular subject. I'm not calling God's wife anything negative. I don't know about you, but my Bible says in Hosea 2, verse 19 through 20, our Father says, I will betroth thee. I will betroth thee. And we know that Ephesians 2, uh, 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 9, 10, 11, 12, etc., Jesus says, or, you know, Jesus has torn down the middle wall of separation, making the two Jew and Gentile into one, which, by the way, of course, means that there is no such thing as a Messianic Jew. So, all that being said, of course, they want to hold on to that, and they want to be Messianic, and they give themselves a title and whatever. And I'm not saying there's anything bad with that. That's fine. Praise God. As many people that love Jesus, the better it is. And we've got to be on our knees in prayer. I'm dorking up. I make mistakes. I get emotional about things. It upsets me. I'm a gigantic sponge for everything empathy. If I see somebody cry, if I feel something bad, if I you know, expose myself to the darkness too much. I mean, I had, a, I had a, literally, I don't know what a nervous breakdown is. I've looked it up on the Internet. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And they don't define it very well on the Internet when you try to figure out what, what is a nervous breakdown. Does it mean that the person starts speaking strange Chinese languages, you know, for the rest of their lives and they got to sit in a wheelchair, you know, in the psych ward at Town and Country Hospital or something like that forever? I don't know what it means. But I can tell you this. I've studied this stuff so much. Now, granted, I'm, you know, Gary, I mean, he's on a whole different, you know, dimension of understanding, and his book is incredible, okay? That's why I love having him come on the show. I know you do, too, all right? But I'm just saying that, you know, my research is exceedingly deep, uh, and, and, uh, and I can show people an awful lot of amazing things, 420, almost 500 articles. Uh, miracles have happened in my life that I can't even, I never have any time to share about. I never have any time to talk about. Um, that are just absolutely astonishing and mind-blowing, things that you would not believe. I've given testimonies. I've told people on the phone what happened to me. I told Elena what happened to me, and she could not believe it actually happened to me. So, again, you know, um, I'm, I think I'm going to probably pick up the helm. Uh, I want to get the, uh, the, the weirdness of the radio show, this, this repeat. I don't know what's going on. I think it's Blog Talk Radio dorking up. Uh, it seemed to be the last time because there was a coincidence. We, we, we did, the show did not post the next day. I was receiving emails from people going, oh, it seems to be broken. Where's your shows? Where's your shows? I sent an email to Mandolin is what she calls herself. Maybe there's somebody else there. I don't know. Uh, but I sent an email to their support. They were like, oh, we're on top of it. We're going to get it fixed. And sure enough, in about an hour, they had everything working. I did a test run, a test show that night, uh, you know, a little 15-minute blah, blah, blah thing, and it worked. So everything seemed to be fine. So I don't know. I don't know. Do I need to be do a reboot, whatever, for every show? Maybe I do. I don't know. Uh, but things are getting weird. Are we under attack? Possibly so. Have we been filtered yet? No, it doesn't appear to be that way. Praise the Lord. Uh, could that day come soon? Yes, it could. Could Blog Talk Radio be taken completely off the air? Absolutely. The stuff that is going on right now, you know, why after years and years of people telling me, well, Johnny, you're having all this problem with Blog Talk Radio. Why don't you move over to YouTube? Well, guess what? 
I felt in my spirit that that was the wrong thing to do, that Pakistan cannot get YouTube right now. Uh, YouTube is being filtered all over the world. Anybody who's talking about the things that we're talking about on this program are being filtered. They're being censored. It's being taken down. The reason why I'm here is because the Lord wanted me to be here. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, but I'm going to keep on trying. That's for sure. Praise God, because you know what? We need a lot less people out there telling everybody they're the bride of Jesus Christ. We need a lot more humble pie people out there helping the rest of us get our ducks in a row so we can make the barley harvest and get out of here as soon as possible. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So anyway, um, uh, I hope you've all enjoyed the program tonight. Gary is always a blessing. I don't know why he's called call drop except, you know, we're, we're under attack, which is probably true. But anyway, um, praise Jesus for all of you joining us tonight. Looking at the clock, looks like we will be seeing you, uh, God willing, uh, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. Uh, and hopefully Lauren will reappear from the deep underground military base that he and his family have most likely moved into. I'm kidding. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for all, for, again, for all of you joining us. And I pray that you have a blessed week filled with the anointing of the Lord, filled with his divine protection, and lots of extra time to put into prayer. Please don't forget to mention me. Thank you, Jesus, all of you for joining us. God bless you all. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life we are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. Set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right 
Like those five wise virgins we will be Your bride awaits thee patiently Longing for that blessed sound The dead will rise The churches gather We're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.